Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and today... Today we're talking about disconnection and reconnection in your blended family marriage. Stay tuned, it's good stuff. Hello and welcome back. So, so connection, disconnection, reconnection, disconnection, disconnection. Did you already say that one? Yeah, I think so. Disconnection. So I felt like we need to acknowledge how easily spouses can feel disconnected in their marriage, especially in blended life. Like I get that this isn't new to married couples, but... In blended families with so much going on, so many moving parts, so much chaos, and so much conflict even, our marriages kind of get lost in that. And so I thought it was important to do a podcast on disconnection and then reconnection. But, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Would you define marriage for me, please? (laughs) Really? No, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that like you said, is so easy to get lost in and wrapped up in and get put on the back burner. And we just had someone that commented on not one of our YouTube videos, mm. but a YouTube video that we have commented on talking about how to put them, you know, I, I responded on it talking about how important it is to put the marriage first, you know, and, you know, put God first, marriage, and then your children some people get so offended when I say that or when we say that and when people say that and biblically that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but everyone's like, you know, then you throw your kids to the wayside, you kick them to the curb and you forget about them. You've already failed once at a marriage at a relationship. And what makes you think this relationship is going to be any better? And they get so offended on the like children's behalf. And it's like what you people don't understand you people is that, yeah, we've already failed one relationship or multiple relationships and why you look at me (laughs) yes but why not do why not try it differently because maybe we did put everything that we thought we had into that first relationship or that first marriage and i feel like putting our thoughts our love and our time into our children comes very easily especially in a blended family it comes very easy and very naturally so it's easy to connect with our kids. It's a lot harder. And you know what? We were talking about this when we went to, uh, Jared and I were going to get fuel in the boat last night. And he's talking about this. He goes, Dad, why is it so much easier for adults to get divorced? But it's really, it's a lot harder for parents and their kids, the kids and their parents to like break up, like get separated. You know what I mean? He said, it's a lot harder. And I explained to him like, no, it's something that happens from time to time. I said, look at your stepmom, for instance, she doesn't have a good relationship with, you know, some of her parents. I said, so it's not uncommon. All of your parents. No, (laughs) you and your mom have a good relationship. Um, 
But we started talking about that, and I actually, we should have gotten his perspective for this podcast because he had some kind of inner perspectives about it and, like, why it happens. And and this is before I knew that this is what we are going to talk about today. Mm. So it's kind of funny, like, how that worked out. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, kids need their parents. Parents have, like, this eternal feel for their children that's really hard to get rid of. We, it, we can get so angry, like... I've been way more angry at my child than I have ever been at you. Way more angry. Yet, it always comes back and, like, at the end of the day, we usually have a relationship with our children, you know? But why do we let that anger and bitterness and hateful spill over onto our marriage and then ruin our marriage or ruin our relationships, you know? We're so much quicker to let something like that happen. I think that's what he was trying to figure out. Like, how does that happen but this doesn't happen. They're all relationships, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. an interesting conversation that we're having. But putting, where I'm going with this is putting our relationship, our marriage first or following the biblical steps is a lot better for our children. It's a lot more honoring to our children because with us, with a better relationship, we are there a lot better <laughs> for our children we show up better for our children we show up better for our household we have a team leading our household rather than individuals leading a household and that translates into better relationships with our children with our entire family so when people get so um offended that we say that to go in that order it's not like we're saying forget about your kids put it all into your marriage put it all Never, never think about your children again, like kick them to the curb. Like, no, you guys like, come on, you know, like we, I think people who are offended by the hierarchy that marriage before kids yeah, are people who aren't putting their marriage before kids. Yeah. Or, you know, or they is. had that weird, they had that weird relationship, like not them, but maybe their parents had that weird relationship or their mom or their dad had another had a boyfriend or a girlfriend growing up and mm. they did get kicked to the curb and they did get forgotten about and that does happen. We're not saying to do it that way. That's not what we're looking to do. We're looking to keep this family whole, keep your kids close to you, love your love your kids, but love your spouse and honor your spouse and treat your spouse like your number one teammate. You know? Not mm-hmm. your children like the number one teammate. Not your mini wife. Not your mini wife, your <laughs> mini husband, which is kind of funny too because we also on that exact, on that video, which was what, two weeks ago, I think was our, 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 yeah, mini. our most hated loved video ever. Yeah. You know, people are like, no, there's deep rooted feelings there. Like he's got, he's got issues. He's got, I'm like, man. Do you have issues? No, I don't. But you know, it's oh. funny is I think to a lot and I didn't respond to a lot of these comments. But a lot of people are like, man, it really touched like a nerve, like thinking it touched a nerve in me. And I'm like, man, if you guys saw how that podcast got started and then got restarted and then didn't get started and then got started again, we had a bunch of, uh, I had a lot of work to do on that podcast. And it was like a bunch of, not technical errors, but there was a bunch of things that happened. Then you started choking in the middle of it. <laughs> and we had, like, it was just like, it was nonstop. So, Anyways, if you guys are listening to this or watching this after you've listened to this the mini mini wife, mini wife syndrome. syndrome episode, know that w- Eric is okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, <laughs> there was a lot going on behind the scenes that that you guys didn't know or hear or see, and I apparently it bled onto our program because I, I yeah I was not in a great were, mood that day. You were not in a good mood. No, you but it wasn't because it. of the topic. It was because it was just a day. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, you guys. Um, I think that disconnection, well, you had said something like, or your son, my stepson was saying yeah. to you about how, how come it's so hard for parents to break up with their children or vice versa versus like marriages just fall apart all the time. Or relationships, yeah. And I think I can answer this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So this is something I learned when I was um, getting certified as, as a life and health coach. Which is what you do. Yes. What Becoming heard now do. at gmail.com. <laughs> um, email me if you want to know more about life coaching. But it is something I learned, and it was very interesting because, you know, what I learned is that we are all born, every one of us, born with three needs, love, safety, and belonging. 
<laughs> we come out needing those. If we don't have those, oh. we're not okay. Okay. Like, literally, that's what we need and when at, we're born. So. Love, safety, and belonging. Right, is is the three. But do we evolve into needing more need? We have more needs, right? Like, that's I not think that's you could, not. I it. think you could boil it down. I think you could boil all of your needs down to those three. Okay, they all fit in that category, in the categories, yeah. in the boxes? Yeah. Wow. And so I think that when you're born, right, you look to get those needs met by your parents. So you are supposed to find love from your parents, safety from your parents, and belonging. Like, that is the natural. You're born into the world. You're given parents, whether you're a dot, like, whatever. And they meet these three needs. And so you have such a deeper connection to your parents sometimes because they were the first people to meet those, like, very primitive needs that you were born with. And so I think that's why it's so hard to say goodbye to a parent-child relationship. And I don't know if parents ever, well, I don't know. I think it's really hard to do because, I mean, if that's where you got your needs met, it would blow your identity out of the water to say goodbye to that relationship. It's very traumatic. Well, so, a lot of us as as children, as newborns up, like those are, and it probably falls in one of those categories, you know, safety or something. Yeah. We look to our parents as the be-all, end-all. Our parents are the ones that, until, until a certain part of life, they are the ones that are right on 100% of the things. Until we are very young teenagers. <laughs> until like 10. Until Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like pre <laughs> The first decade of life. Right. Your parents are it. No, but they, I mean, everything they say goes. Like no one could tell you anything other. Like if your parents say something, like they are the ones who My know. parents said so. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, so that's different. You know, when we marry adults who we didn't get love. See, like you think we about it. We should be it. marrying adults. I don't think you should marry a child. <laughs> but you're not. You know, when adults get married, they're having to learn to get love, safety, and belonging from their spouse. And if you think about it, I think this is the reason, too, that mini wife syndrome is such a thing and why people freak out about putting their significant other before the kids. Um, I think that's really hard because, and I've heard this said a lot from clients and just from talking to viewers and listeners, is that, you know, your kids were there first. If I have to hear that one more time. <laughs> like, this is why we defend putting our kids before our spouse, because our kids were there first. Right. You, you know, know I've been with my kids since birth. Like, yeah. we have a deep-rooted relationship that my spouse can't compete with because They've only been here a few years. Or my if kids, I'm not there for my kids, who's going to be there for yeah, them? No one I've is there. That. I'm yeah. the only one. Yeah. They have like, I have to be the rescuer, the hero. Yeah. Love, safety, belonging all comes from me. Right. No one else could possibly do yeah. that. Right. And so um, I think that's why people get so offended and defensive about the idea of putting your spouse first. Um, and I think that's why, you know, it's so hard to... It's so hard to say goodbye to a parent-child relationship when you're older and, you you know, maybe it's for your own mental health. You have to do it. But um, it's a difficult thing. It's tragic and it's really heartbreaking. I think I'm going to take the two YouTube videos. Well, one's not ours, but I'm going to, like, link these two people up because one's telling me that I got issues and the other one's telling me I have issues. And they're both kind of making the same. They're, yeah. both, they're both arguing for me. I have a left and a right and they're both arguing about <laughs> telling me that this is my problem. This one's telling me my problem. They, they both kind of cancel each other out. Oh. So I think I'm like, listen, like I ad, I advocate for for parents putting well, uh, each yes. other first. Right. You know, I advocate for healthy relationships. You know, uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting to see you know people get offended about different things, and everyone has their own perspective. Everyone has had a different upbringing and a different growing up and, and they are in a place in their life because of this. And, um, I, not to say I don't see where putting your children first could be a valuable thing or a way of doing it. Like, I'm not saying that it's like, Oh, you're wrong. Don't ever do that. Sometimes like you need to put your kids first. There's a time and a place for that. But in a relationship, your spouse needs to, you in need your to family in, unit. Your, in your family unit. Yeah. You're, you need to have a hierarchy. You need to have 
a law and order, a role that your kids can look up to and your kids can learn and grow from that. And this is how your kids learn. And again, I'm not saying kick your kids to the curb and don't think about them. But I, I lead think, by example. And I think we forget that we're raising up these children to go live lives of their own. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not raising these kids to live with us forever and to be on mom's teat for the rest of their or, life. Or and dads. Or dads. <laughs> or depend on, you know, yeah. we are raising these children up to go find a life of their own. Yeah. And if you are so codependent on your child... That they feel like they can't go do that. Or vice, or versa, vice where, versa. Yeah, where your child's like, they can't ever move out because they don't know how to. And they're so dependent on mom or dad. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. And so it's 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 unhealthy to make your kids feel like they have to be with you forever and ever and ever. Because that's not what you would want for them, I'm assuming. You would want them to have a family of their own, a career that they love, um, experiences that are their own. A life they can be proud of. Yeah. You know, and so their own life, not your life. Not your life. Not your life. Um, let's talk about though, let's get kind of back on track with disconnection and why it happens so easily. I feel like it happens very easily in blended families. And, you know, the divorce rate is seventy percent with blended family marriages. And so this tells me that this is a very important topic to tackle. So we're going to do our best. Why does marriage disconnection happen so easily? What do you think? I think a lot of it is, and I mean, we can attest to this, is you get caught up in the rat race. You get caught up in work. You get caught up in your kids. You get caught up in church and extracurricular activities. And before you know it, I haven't talked to my spouse in two days, three days, four days, a month, a week, a year. Yeah. And I want to add to that too. You get caught up in, I I see this a lot with my clients right now, is that you get caught up in the expectations that are put on you or that aren't even put on you, but that you're putting on yourself or you think that they're, you know, oh my gosh, we assume so much instead of just going to the source and asking. We put expectations on all the relationships in our home. So I think that if you're a step-parent, it's easy to get distracted by trying to navigate all the perceived or laid out expectations for yourself in the home. That's a full-time job. And I know you know what I'm talking about if you're feeling that. You know, you can't, you know, walking on eggshells. Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Am I going to get complained about because I said this wrong? And I, now I'm going to get bitched out by my spouse. You know, that's is never the, fun. Is the laundry done? Are the dishes done? Have we gone grocery shopping? Yeah. Are, you know, is there food on the table? Am I supposed to do this for my stepkid or not? If I do this for my stepkid, are they going to cause problems over it? Am I going to get, you know, like it's just, we, we don't know. It's just kind of like I, I, it gets very distracting. Well, and here's the thing, though, to that is a lot of that, like you just said, is is perceived a lot of that comes from ourselves a lot of that is us being in our own heads about what's going to happen thinking ahead answering our own questions and at the end of the day just creates a know-it-all out of ourselves (laughs) (laughs) we're just being know-it-alls yeah and that doesn't help anyone because that right there is us not being a team that right there is not us being a team unit and coming together and mom and dad leading the pack and yep. mom and dad connecting and leading the pack. And, um, that and y- yes, you, and I want to say, as you're saying that, yeah. I'm hearing people go, but what if you parent different? And uh, gosh, I talk, we parent different. We parent so <laughs> different, it's not even funny. And so. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. You can, so you can be a teammate with your spouse and still parent different. Yes, you can. I'm going to hear Can you do this. it? Yes, we So do. I think the first the first the first reason you're right is you get too busy, you know, with all other things and, and we have excuses distracted. why we're busy. Like er, there's there we have so much importance. We are so we are <laughs> I am so important. You I, have yes, no you idea are. why I am so busy. Because I am so. so important. You have so many other things to do. Yeah, and you're so important. You're the most important person I know besides myself. <laughs> <laughs> um the second thing is I wrote down backwards priorities. How do you spell that? (laughs) I think priorities being backwards is a big reason why people disconnect. If you're not putting your marriage first. Uh, Yeah, where are you putting it? 
<laughs> Do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. Are you putting it in the number two? So as your number two? I think that... Sorry, my jokes are falling flat again. <laughs> priorities being backwards or out of order. Um, laziness. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes you have nothing. Like, you're so... Like, I mean... So drained. You're so drained. I feel like we feel like this We feel lot. like that often and... I mean, and you it's know, it's not even that we're late. Well, it's just that we give in to exhaustion. How about that? Yeah, and again, we <laughs> just get so caught up. And relationships are a lot of freaking work. True, it is a lot of work. It's and a lot of work. I think the reason why it's so much easier to have a forgiving or a quicker relationship with your children. I'm kind of answering a question from earlier, mm-hmm. and why it's so much easier to have that relationship and and be fine with your children and not divorce or break up with your kids right away. (laughs) Right away. (laughs) Because when your children are young, you are the adult. You are the boss. You are the be-all, end-all. So if you tell your children, I am right, and you have to obey me, like having children and being a parent, being a parent is kind of like being a dictator. You kind of have dictatorship over your children. Oh, the comments we're going to get from this I don't even episode. care. Like, okay. I, this is an epiphany, you guys. You are watching epiphany ha- <laughs> happen in the making. Like, it's happening. This is what's happening. I think we're like we're like important dictators, and we tell our children that this is the way it's going to be, and they, they don't like us at first, and they hate you us at first. You will eat your vegetables. You yeah. will go to school. You will put underwear on today. Your... You will, you will take a shower. Yeah. See, you will put on deodorant because that's... We are dictators. We run around our house. I mean, I've heard most of this stuff today. Like you told your daughter that she was going to what before we left? Take a shower. Take a shower. Put away the dishes. You are a freaking dictator. <laughs> but that I think that's why. I think I just figured it out. You guys stop asking questions. We've got this all figured out. Go for it. But now, no, we're dictators to our children. And that's why the relationship lasts so long so much longer but now if we if we are we rule with an iron fist and we are mean about it and we don't ever give grace then eventually our kids grow up they learn better they get their own thoughts opinions and they say goodbye and then they peace out mm. which you can kind of relate to right mm. like it got to that point where you're like you know what i'm not this isn't a relationship that feels healthy mm. to me this isn't that a relationship that was one parent that well, right that's what i'm saying <laughs> Yep. So, but with our spouses, now if I treated you like that and I told you what you were going to do and what you were going to wear and you're going to put underwear on and you're going <laughs> to you're going to brush your teeth and you're going to put deodorant on and you are going to take a shower. Take a shower every once in a while. You would be so angry at me for telling you what to do that you would eventually divorce me because you're like, "You know what? This is not a healthy relationship I want to be in. I'm an adult. I'm a big girl. I don't have to be treated like this." And it would happen a lot quicker. It's not a two week thing to happen. It's, you know, after two years, you're, Mm. you're over it. You're sick of it. Mm. You know, where our kids are like, well, when I'm 18, I am moving out. How many kids do you know moved out at 18? How many kids, you know, moved out at 17? Yeah, exactly. There goes your hand up in the air. Um, Okay. See, I've got it figured out, you guys. I am finally. I mean, is our episode over? Is that it? Are we that done? I'm like, I'm about to turn this thing off. No, we home. have a lot of more to talk about. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. Um, I I don't even know what to say now. I, I know. I, I just took all the greatness and brilliance and just. We are done. We're no. done, you guys. Let's talk about other reasons why. Oh wait, we this need to tell people how to reconnect. Yes, That's what we're, we're doing here. Yes, but we have to get through why it happens. Oh, I think it's important to acknowledge what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, you can't fix it. If your car breaks down and you know your car is not working, but you can't diagnose the problem, then your car is probably not going to run again. Well, right? here's the thing too. Well, so we have to we have to kind of lay out why right. disconnection happens. Well, then okay, so you you put us on the car thing. Like disconnection <laughs> happens, you feel it's not right. The car thing, your right. car's not running right. Your marriage, your relationship, it's not going right. What's not going right? That's the first thing the mechanic's going to ask you. It might be a therapist. It might be a life coach like you. What's not going right? First thing to do, the mechanic's going to do. Look under the hood. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to diagnose. They're oh. going to figure out what's not. Going Don't right. they have them take them off, take off the top though? They could have them take off the top. They could have them drop the bottom. I mean, go under the car. Yeah, you might need to swap out a tranny. Oh, so 
you need to figure out what's wrong. So what's wrong with you? Like what isn't going <laughs> what's right? Wrong Not, with what's you? wrong with your? Re- <laughs> Come on, what is wrong with but your relationship? The fuck what's is wrong okay, with you? Guys. Damn. Oops. You I was supposed to bleep. I was supposed to bleep you out there. Yeah, you know. There it is. Kind right. Of. What's what's going wrong? So this is why I think we're talking about this part so that we can people can diagnose it. You need to figure out what's going wrong in your yeah. relationship and This is something well, here's another one that you and I gosh work on probably till we die. Okay. Communication. Communication. It's one of the biggest things. It's oxygen to relationships, and if you don't have it, you suffocate. But it's always so damn hard. The hardest. It's the hardest. Um, And so that could be a reason why you're feeling disconnected. Um, Physical location. I I talk to a lot of people who um, their spouse works out of town a lot, or they live separately. Um, Or they have different schedules. Different schedules. And I will tell you, from experience and from watching this happen with multiple people, um, people think that the distance makes the heart grow fonder. I call bullshit on that. I think distance just creates more distance. Distance opens up you to be alone with your own thoughts, which probably isn't good in the first place, and creates space for your needs to get met elsewhere. Let's be honest, right? I think that distance just creates more distance. I, I I have never seen it work out, and I'm sure people. So r- feel free to write in. I know that this is this is the general rule, not the exception. I do believe there are exceptions of healthy marriages who have distance, but I think that more often than not, it just creates more distance. Would you agree? What are your thoughts? Um, in, yeah, like you said, there. It's not like the golden rule. It's not the be all end all of it. But in general, in general, like that's yeah, a hard thing to do. Doesn't mean you can't do it if you're listening right now and you're like, no, I'm I'm doing this just fine. Like, yeah, I believe you. Like, there's people that do it, but you I'm know, so your mili- marriage isn't struggling. We're no. talking to people whose marriage is struggling, and they're wondering why and they're out. Of, yeah, like, yeah. Well, like for instance, we had some friends who he was a police officer, she was a nurse, she worked night shift, he worked days, and then opposite, and then then he worked days and she worked night and it was like they never saw one another like there was like a 45 minute period where they saw one another but they were picking up kids and it's like yeah if you guys don't ever have time together or time Mm. quality time spent I think time spent together not only communication but just time spent with one another to connect to laugh you know even if it's uh it you guys could be like me and not like to go grocery shopping even if it's just going grocery shopping as a couple are you rolling your eyes even if it's just getting in the car and just the two of you going somewhere, you know, or going hey, out. I'm to gonna say that next time you, we go. Uh, next time we go, <laughs> I go shopping, shopping, I'm gonna be sometimes. like, I do. I'm gonna be like, here's oh, my, here's my, time here's together, my. Honey. I was thinking about this the other day because I'm like, do I really hate grocery shopping? I don't think I do. I think my biggest thing is, I don't like grocery shopping for everyone else, which you kind of know everyone a lot better now. Like you've taken the time to like dial that in, and everyone's told you. If I go grocery shopping, I'm gonna screw it up. I'm gonna get everything I want. And I'm going to be eating so good. Cereal. And then, <laughs> and you're going to be pissed because be pissed. I don't shop in the rabbit food department. That's just not me. <sighs> um, I think another reason why disconnection happens a lot, and I've seen this again in our own marriage, so, um, is that you're focusing on the wrong things, right? You're My focusing- eyes are up here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think that you're focusing on the wrong things, meaning, you know, when you start, everything's wrong, everything's negative, everything's a criticism, everything everything hurts and I want to die, everything hurts and I'm dying, but that becomes habit then, right? Like if you're always focused on the negative, if you're always focused on what's going wrong, nothing's ever right. I'm super critical about everything. It's a fucking drag. Wow. We are. Sorry. Bombing. It's a drag though, right? If, if, if everything's bad and doom and gloom and that's what we're focusing on, one, we're going to prove ourselves right because what we believe informs our experiences and our experiences reinforce our beliefs. Well, and this also so just becomes be- habit. Right. Yeah. And that's not like who wants to connect to someone who's super critical, who's upset and everything's wrong all the time. How many people do you know in your life 
I'm asking all of you. I'm asking to you listening right now. I'm asking you sitting right next to me oh. right now. I'm asking you in my head right now that's talking to me, and I'm just <laughs> not answering you back. How many of you Weird. know someone who is just such a Debbie Downer? There is oh, a saying. Know. You know yes. what I mean? It's and you're like, listen, your life is not that bad. You have a lot of good things going for you. Your kids are pretty good. Your husband loves you. Your your wife loves you. I know people like this, and it just becomes a habit that just mm-hmm. like started when we were younger, and now it is just a way of life. Yeah, and so here's what I want you to ask. You know, um, are you somebody that you would want to connect to? You know, we all get in moods and things like that, but um, Dr. Laura would always say, are you the kind of spouse your spouse would want to come home to? Or like, are you the kind of spouse you would want to come home to? If if you had to come home to yourself and that's what you, like, would you would you want that for yourself? And I think that's a very valid question. We get, we, it, we focus on what's wrong. And in blended family life, there's a lot to go wrong, right? You got co-parenting and the exes and that's a shit show. You got kids and stepkids, that's also a shit show. You've got careers and financial stuff. That can be a shit. Like, it's just a ton of chaos, you know? And then you've got all these things you have to plan for everyone's different schedules. It's just a lot. And so I get how easy it is to go down the everything's wrong and everything's bad and I'm just hopeless. But if that then if that's what you think, then that's what you're going to get back. That's what you're going to, that's what you're going to see. And, and if, so, yeah, and if you're if your spouse is that one that you're like, that's where they are, and you just don't want to be around them, you don't want to go home to them. You are so sick. You of don't want to go home. You don't want. Yeah, your kids are a drag, and you don't want to go home to them. Go home. <laughs> no, then you, all of a sudden you're stuck in a place where yep. that distance and that gap starts starts to grow and it, starts to it breeds with itself. Yeah. So it and, and, and I'm just I'm gonna do the plugless the plugless shame right now. The shameless oh, plug thanks. right now. And um, this is something, if you feel like you are in this mm. place and you feel like you are stuck and you can't get out of this headspace, and trust me, it's not an uncommon thing. I have felt that way. Julie has felt that way. Our children have felt that way. It's something I feel like is very natural, not natural, but normal in a blended family, in a, in a blended life situation. And there are there is help for that. There are people like Julie who can help you get unstuck and figure out how to show up differently and how to force people how to show up differently as well. And if that is you, Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you're like, man, they're talking to me, you're speaking my language, you're talking about me, you're in my head right now, like truly reach out to Julie, becomingheardnow.com and becomingheardnow at gmail.com. Sorry, becomingheardnow at gmail.com. Yeah. Email me. I would love to help you figure out if this life is what coaching she is right for you. If I can be of service, I would love to chat with you. You can you can contact me, and I'd love to connect. Um, yeah, so I think that that wraps up the major reasons why disconnection Now we got to reconnect people. We do, but I want, before we do that, um, I was kind of researching this topic a little bit, and I came upon... Um, Doctor, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. So I came upon this list from Dr. Carol Ministries, and it's three things not to do when you feel disconnected from your spouse. So this is super important because- Is that things not to do? Yeah, that I would do. Okay. But don't do it. So you're saying if you feel disconnected to me- Don't do these things. Okay. Number one- This is a weird one. I'm going to tell you things, don't do them. Yeah, don't do these drugs. things. Don't do if drugs. If you're feeling disconnected, avoid avoid this when you're feeling disconnected okay. from your spouse. One, avoid like don't ignore it. Okay. If you're feeling disconnected from your spouse, don't ignore that. Right? And there was a quote. It says, "It was so good." It says, "The smallest things may grow into mountains when they're ignored." So what do you mean by ignore? Like, I feel disconnected from you. How do I ignore that? Because it's nagging at me. It's something I can't get rid of. Well, and some people, like, are, well, you know, if you grew up in a family like mine, you sweep it under the rug, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, you guys like, have some big-ass rugs in that house. <laughs> you know, you don't really talk about it. You don't You don't approach it. You kind of, like, try to put it in the back of your mind. It just You just kind of live life ignoring the problem. 
you know? Okay. So that's something you don't want to do. You also don't want to accept it. You don't want to be like, I'm disconnected from my spouse, and I'm just going to accept this is what it is. And then we're is. just done. It is what it is. We're done. Well, this is my life. Or like, I'm we're just, just going gonna to live disconnected. We're going to live like this. Okay. Yeah, because you'll prove yourself right every time. Like, if you accept this is what is, then there, there is no hope. Well, especially if you force it into a habit and a be- yeah. in a behavior, and you're like, all right, well, we're just disconnected, and I feel it, and we're just going to stay disconnected. Yep. And then you just work on being disconnected. And it doesn't matter anymore because we're disconnected. Yeah, we're not so even trying anymore. It does not even matter. That's right. The third thing is do not project it. So do not, in other words, I feel disconnected from my spouse and it's all my spouse's fault. My misery is because of them. And you're projecting it onto the other person. Because in the, tr- the truth is if you're part of a relationship, you're part of a relationship. There's, <laughs> I mean, yes, you're, you both are responsible for you disconnection, both into it. Yeah. but I think a lot of times we always blame the other person. Accountability. Accountability yeah. is huge. And, and, and taking responsibility, taking responsibility. Yeah. And, um, that's something that's instilled in us as, as kids and yeah. something we work on. Yeah. And I think it's important to also talk about, you know, <laughs> disconnection so dangerous because I know, I, I mean, I get it, we, it breaks up families, right? And I think that what a good litmus test for yourself when you're trying to figure out, like, gosh, are things really bad? Should I, should I talk to my spouse about this? Here's what I always tell my clients. Listen, if as things stand today, like right now today, between you and your spouse, if they never changed from today, the way you guys connect, is this sustainable for the rest of your life from now until dead is the way things are right now. Like, like are you can, is sustainable for you? Is this going to be okay for now until dead? And if the answer is no, then don't ignore it. Don't accept it and don't project it. Right. Yeah. And ask anyone around us who is married or even not married. Ask anyone that's older than you. Ask, Ask someone that's 20, 30 years older than you. Or more. Mm. Are you the same person who you were when you were 15? Are you the same person you were when you were 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75? Mm. Chances are every single person you talk to who is 50, uh, maybe even less than that, yeah. ask yourself this question. Are you the same person who you were 10 years ago or 15? Think back 20 years ago. I was just talking with someone today about 30 years ago. What it looked like 30 years ago. I was talking, I was actually talking to my daughter about it. That man, that was 30 years ago. And I remember this, what happened and what went on. I'm not even anywhere near who I was 30 years ago. So if we're stuck in our marriage and we can't change, I don't even believe that's true. I believe we can change. I believe our spouses can change. And I believe it's us, up to us to help one another change in a better, more positive way. It's up to us to stick with one another and help reinforce positive change right but when you get in that negative mindset the the motivation to change is very low because things oh, yeah. seem so hopeless well and it's so you much know? easier to go that other direction too and be like ah, we're done no one's gonna change well and this is the danger about blaming it on somebody else too if it's all somebody else's fault then there's no hope for change Right? Well, like, you can do perfect. nothing about it. Yeah. Well, and you're perfect. You don't need to change. Why do I need to change? I'm perfect. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing that contributes to this. And if you think that there's nothing that contributes to the way that this is going and this is happening, then talk to someone. <laughs> talk to someone who's talk honest. Talk to your spouse. <laughs> talk to your spouse. No, but really, like, you want the hard, honest truth? Like, talk to someone It's really who's hard to own your stuff. I yeah. mean, truly, it is. It's it well, sucks it's even harder to, have to, to hear like, own what you're doing wrong. It's 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 a hard thing. It's even harder to hear someone else point it all out, and then you know it's true, and you still don't want to take accountability, but you know it exists. You mm. know, yeah. Especially when you have two people telling you. <laughs> okay. How to reconnect? Right. Ready oh yeah, for isn't that, that what this is about? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So we've diagnosed the problem and we kind of have taken ownership and we, you know, we know we're not going to ignore it or accept it or project it. We're going to move on and, and work on our marriage now because we don't want to live like this forever. 
you know, and we don't want to break up our family. We can't live like this forever. It's it's going like if we live like this, we're not going to ever make it through. No, and this is li- listen. It's not just people think that people think that affairs happen from this place, and that's true, right? Disconnection can can create a perfect storm for an affair because you want to get your needs met elsewhere. But it's not even that. I mean, people who don't have affairs and are miserable in their marriage tend to drink a lot, get addictions to try to like hide from, you know, like to try to make it go away to escape reality. You know, maybe they have, um, maybe they just go on shopping sprees and spend all the money because that's something that fulfills them. Like they get addictions, whether it's, or gambling, you know, like they go spend their time doing things that, aren't great for themselves or their marriage, you know? You know what I'm trying to say? Hookers and blow. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's just another Friday night in our house. Just kidding. (laughs) But I'm just, you know, I think that we think it's just affairs, but we forget there's a lot of toxic behaviors and destructive behaviors that come out of disconnection in marriages Uh, beyond affairs. I think think an affair is kind of like, Closer to the last straw, and it's kind of like a coward's way out. It's kind of like the mm. easy, cheap, selfish way out. I think all it's the cheap? stuff. Uh, and, what you know what I mean? Like, like they bought you an Escalade. Well, maybe they did. <laughs> I, I didn't say it was cheap for everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just it's like it's the it's the cheap way out. It's really mm. like it's it's kind of like the bottom of the barrel part. All the stuff leading up to that, mm-hmm. the disconnect, the all everything that leads up to that. That's the that's the grimy stuff because you have to deal with that. You have to, you have to interact with that. Like the affair is like off on your own with someone. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's really well. And yeah. I think you know you got to keep in mind your spouse. And this is just humanity, okay? And and we're all human. If you have a need and it's not getting met, the inclination and in the battle, the inclination is to get your needs met, okay? And if your spouse isn't meeting them. We should get a dog. <laughs> or two. Um, if your spouse isn't meeting your needs, whether, and I'm not just talking physical, emotional, you know, whatever, spiritual, whatever your needs may be, um, the inclination will be, the temptation is going to be to get them met elsewhere. And so then the battle becomes, that's a horrible battle, right? Like, you know you shouldn't, and you know it's wrong, but your needs aren't getting met and that's like creates a war within yourself because you want to stay put, but I'm supposed to live without my needs being met, but I can't go elsewhere, but there's temptation. And I think that, you know, temptation really goes down when you're, when, when your needs are met, right? Like what is to be tempted if you're, if you're happy at home, right? Yeah. Look at it this way. Okay. If you are a rich person. Oh. And I mean filthy rich. You're Thanks. Like, Can you're I like, be? You're like Donald Duck on DuckTales. Oh, like swims in the like ocean. Swims in money. Or the swims money? in yeah. money rich. Okay. Hello. Holla. The the chances of you going out and robbing a bank probably are slim to none, right? That's right. If you own so many cars that you don't know what to do with, you have every car in the world. Like what's the chances of you going out and stealing a car? You probably don't have room for another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you have so many kids that you don't know what to do with. <laughs> probably not going to go. Probably not going to go get pregnant. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, but like, I'm just trying to reinforce what you're saying. Like if your needs are getting met and you have everything yeah. you want, you're probably not going to need anything else. You That's know? right. So then reconnection so that we can all be happy in marriage. I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about connecting or reconnection, like a new spark, the first word that came to my mind was fun. Go have fun with your spouse. Like don't, whatever that looks like for you guys. I mean, you guys dated and got married and had fun, hopefully before you walk down the aisle, right? So go have fun together. And I think that's a great, most important way to reconnect. It's just through fun. I want a room full of money to swim okay. in. Okay. Well, me too. Make that shit happen. I'm working on it. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, so fun. 
And I think that is where you, a great place to start. If you don't know what, what, like let's, because you know, the truth is if you're disconnected, intimacy can be really hard. And I'm not just talking about sex, but I'm talking even like deep conversations. If you're disconnected, the, you're probably not going to trust your spouse with your vulnerable vulnerability. Like that's going to be really hard. Um, and so if you find yourself in that place, start with fun, go do an activity, go, you know, uh, you know, create like paint and then you guys get paint on each other and it's really silly. I don't know. <laughs> Have silly, you know, you watch way too many Hallmark I movies. Do. I'm like, we went to the lake yesterday. That was fun. You know, and it wasn't even our whole family. It was just a few of us. It was the best. (laughs) Was it? (laughs) I'm not going to tell other people in our family that it was the best that way. I just thought it was very, like, yesterday was very seamless. Like, there wasn't drama. There wasn't conflict. It It was was just easy. and fun. So, just saying. Yeah, we (laughs) we went and just had fun. And it was, it was nothing sexual or <laughs> sexually intimate or imminent imminent <laughs> and you know just having a good time and having fun and connecting not only is it healthy for us but it's healthy for our kids and it's healthy for our kids to see and yes. it's healthy for others around us mm-hmm. and that right there i mean just our relationship with our kids today the kids who did go it's it's a little cleaner right like yeah. just our relationship today. Yeah. Like the kids that did go, you showed up home from grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I was out working, you guys. I wasn't just sitting there being lazy. <laughs> and the kids came out and they mm-hmm. and they helped you carry in groceries. Yeah. The other child wasn't home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have made the other child come help me with groceries. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that, and I think this would be the piece of advice when my when my kids, when our kids yeah. ask for advice on who to marry. I would say marry someone you can have fun with. I think that's it's an underrated quality in a relationship that we need to be like, no, m- marry someone you can go have fun with because that is your saving grace when you need to connect when all else fails. I think yeah. it's a, it's an important piece. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking about that real quick. That wasn't a dig at the kid. That was a dig at the kids that did come help you because normally they wouldn't come help you. Yes. Yet they did. They did. So that was good. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Just had to fill that in. Um, I think that to reconnect, uh, uh, you know, fun, but it's starting to prioritize time together, you know, making date night. If it weekly isn't going to happen, can biweekly happen? If that can happen, can monthly happen? And I think it's really important in relationships to have something to look forward to. There's a lot in blended family life. We, on a daily basis, we don't look forward to the chores, the work. The, the exes and communicating and custody and gosh, it's it's Groundhog Day every day. So to get through the Groundhog Day of blended family life and marriage, I think put put an overnight date on the calendar four times a year, four times a year or three times a year. And maybe you have a vacation to work. Well, and maybe you need to be the one to do that. Maybe we're waiting on our spouse to do that. Or we're waiting on our spouse. <laughs> to sh- <laughs> we're waiting on our spouse to Don't show look up. At me. I'm not looking. I'm I, looking at you. I cannot see. I'm going to look at you. You can't look at look me. Look at whose camera it is. It's mine. Do I'm, not I'm look at me. I'm not I'm looking, looking at you. So <laughs> sometimes we need to just take initiative. That's if, right. If you're, if you you're waiting lead. and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Be a leader. I'm looking at you now. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a good point, though. If you're if you're waiting on it and it's not happening, then you need to step up. Here's what you're saying. Like, if this is something you both want and nobody's doing anything, Or something you just it. want. Something you're like, I want this, and going on vacation isn't a priority to my husband. But I really want to go on vacation, or I really want Have to go... Have you reading my diary? Stay away. Yes. Yes. The one you write on toilet paper. <laughs> um yeah. Then put it on the calendar your damn self. Okay. Done. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you. Um, I think also it's great advice, and I think touch is really a way to connect. And I'm not talking about <laughs> touching your face. He's touching my face. That's not a way to connect with me. It is. I hate my face being you touched. You used to hate your knees I being touched now, too, and now I can massage your knees for you. It's true. And you like oh, that. Oh, I like it now. You hate it. But I it. don't. I, my face is off limits. <laughs> Don't touch my face. Um, uh, is that weird? But <laughs> no, I think that I make. like holding hands, 
hugging, you know, I think just just touching the smalls of each other's back, like letting someone know that they're there in the room with you, um, snuggling on the couch. Again, if you're disconnected, intimacy is going to not come so naturally. So I think just basic touch when just touching, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Helps soften hearts and bring connection back together. Um, gratitude and appreciation. When we feel disconnected, we feel led to point out absolutely everything. We already talked about this, right? When we feel disconnected, we feel like everything is wrong. And so we're going to point out and criticize and bitch and moan and complain about everything that's going wrong. And someone's day could be turned around with a word of appreciation or a word of encouragement. Like, I just want to let you know, I think you did great at this thing. Like, I love that you help people or, you know, thank you for grocery shopping, right? I, you always thank me for doing it. And I appreciate that. Thank like you. I, I thank you for a lot of things and vice good. versa. It's, it's, a, it's a good practice, a good habit to have is, uh, is gratitude and appreciation for your spouse. I'm going to start sending you like funny pictures. I'm just going to take really like the, the, the happiest you've been in a really long time is like when I was super funny yesterday and you made a video out <laughs> of it. That was the most amazing video. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just going to start life. sending you like really funny videos or really like of you like, though. Of me or Thank like you. really I like, like that. Yeah. Thank you. And that is just going to really get her riled up. <laughs> so we can do that for one another. We can yeah. just send each other just things to just Is you want funny videos of me? Th- yeah, that's all I want. And I'm going to post them on my TikTok and it's just going to go viral. Um If you feel disconnected, try to come up with a shared goal. You know, like maybe it is we're buying a house or fixing up a house or we're going to do a gardening project or we're going to build something or we're going to start saving for retirement. I don't know what it is, but try to find some shared goal that you both can work towards. I think that's a really, when you guys can work together towards a common good, it breeds and can creates connection and kind of reminds you that you both are on the same team. Well, you are. I mean, that is that is literally teamwork. Yes. Yes. But it can feel when you're it disconnected. Feels like teamwork. Yeah, but when you're disconnected, you feel alone in your home. Yeah. You for know, sure. I mean, how many times do I have to hear married people say they feel like single parents? Gosh, we've said that. You know, we Today. feel like we're single in our own homes and that's really that's a big sign of disconnection in your marriage. And so Get something that you guys can share, it, you know, a goal, an interest, a hobby. Not necessarily a something. dog. I feel like dogs come between people sometimes. I can't I even snuggle. I think snug- our dogs are, you don't snuggle I anyway. I couldn't if dog, I wanted to. You don't want to. Sometimes really, I want to and I snuggle. just can't because the dogs are in our bed. You can't snuggle because you've you got 20,000 pillows around you like a halo. On the right hand side. <sighs> it's just to protect my precious head. This is something in your shoulders. Um, this is something that Eric always talks about is phones away. You know, if you guys are having dinner together or a date night, or you guys are trying to have a conversation, put your phones away, like turn your phones off. You know, nothing is so important. It can't wait five seconds until the conversation's over or whatever. Um, I think it's really, really important that you put your phones away and give your undivided attention to your spouse from time yeah. to time. Sometimes right? you'd be in a place or a situation like that, like we were at dinner a couple weeks ago, and it's like I had to deal with a client right then and there. But I didn't just have my phone out ignoring you. I made you part of the conversation. I made you part of, like, what was going on. So if your phone's out, make the person well, if, part of it. Yeah, I mean, at least, but don't try to, it wasn't like, oh, this is our whole dinner. I'm like, all right, this well, is the last text I'm going to send and let them know. I'll get back to them in about an hour and a half. That's what I was going to say. You, yeah. did, you did say, I'm letting them know I'm at dinner and that's it. I'll but get it, back But I wasn't them. sitting there just buried with my head in my, you know, and you're just sitting there bored like, all right, we're at dinner. Like I pulled I out no my idea. phone and had fun. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> I did. I'm like, I'm not going to be the only one here sitting yeah. here alone. Like, not, like I'm not the only asshole at this yeah. table. Um, Gosh, this is something that <clears throat> I would love in our marriage. And <laughs> <laughs> this is Should just. Should I mute the mics? No, 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 oh. no. This is something that has been wisdom that's been given to me for years. And um, it's just something we haven't mastered yet, but praying together. There is something so intimate about sitting there and praying together that I think it just, 
it just draws your hearts together. And I think that that is if you're spiritual or, um, you know, you do pray or whatever, doing that with your significant other, I think is a great way to connect. Um, do something nice each day. You know, I've always said this, that feelings follow action. So often we wait for the feeling before we act and that's wrong because, <laughs> you know, you, it's not like feelings magically just, you know, turn on and off. You know, you didn't get to feeling disconnected in an instant. It's been a series of, you know, a series of events, a series of a patterns, like snickets, habits, right? There's been a series of events that have led to you being disconnected. So to feel like you're just going to magically one day feel connected is kind of a weird thing to think because it takes time and it takes effort and it takes work. So I think that if you could do something nice, even if you're the one feeling super disconnected, what can I do today? One thing, big, small, whatever. What is something I can do for my significant other? One nice thing. And when you start doing nice things for somebody else, it kind of softens your heart towards them. Um, and it, it makes you, your feelings will catch up to that. You have to be you know? careful with that though, because I feel like if you do that, mm. don't do it with expectations of something in return. No, this is for you, not them. Of gratitude. You're doing it for yourself. So doing something nice for somebody else is for you, not them. Right. But I'm saying if you do something nice for me, like you wash my, my lucky underwear <laughs> and then I'm just not grateful. I don't thank you for that. And then I just don't wear them. And, I, mm. and, and, I, and it goes unnoticed. Yeah. See, don't I'm let that. Kidding. That's what I'm saying. If it's for yourself. <laughs> no, but the point is, is the, the, the point of the exercise is to get your heart to soften, to get you, your feelings to shift from that negative disconnected side to a more loving, inclined to connect more. Side. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like buying a homeless man a burrito and handing it to him and then him just not taking it from you and be like, no, thanks. And don't get pissed off and throw it at him. Be like, fine then. No <laughs> food for you. You know, like, oh my no gosh. problem. We've had this happen before. Remember? Do something nice I didn't every throw the day burrito, for your promise. spouse. Um, and then I think it's just changing your mindset and your habits to positive from negative, right? It is what, what, what is positive? Looking for the positive, showing up as a positive person, knowing that there is hope that, you know, I'm not going to accept this place. I know that we can do it differently and do it better. And I think that that's really, really, when you come at it from that hopeful, positive place, things look a lot different and you will see evidence to prove yourself right, that it is possible that things aren't so bad. Um, and I have a I have a tip to end on. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Just one. A bonus tip. All right. Just the tip, you guys. Coming up. When you are feeling disconnected, look at the marriage and not your spouse. I think a lot of times when we feel bad, we look to our spouse to blame or to get upset with or to see their, sh like, well, no wonder I feel disconnected. They're this, that, and the other thing. But if you can come at it from a, like, What's going on in my marriage? And you can look at it from that and take the focus off the spouse and put it on the actual marriage. I think it's a lot more helpful to diagnose and to know what you need to do to move past it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think really reflecting on ourselves, like it's it's so much easier said than done. But what am I doing to contribute to this? What am I doing to contribute to the good and contribute to the bad and contribute to the family? What am I doing to contribute to myself? Like, am I am I taking valuable time to appreciate and um, give myself, you know, uplifting and people around me uplifting? And you know, be aware, be aware of yeah. everyone around you, but be aware of ourselves. That's right. And I think that uh, that goes a long way if we can harness that in. Again, Julie can help you harness that in. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard place to be. I think a lot of that comes down to, um, you know, just being self-aware and taking accountability for things. That's right. But there's hope. You don't have to stay disconnected if you don't want to. Right. So 
Um, I would love if you have any tips or tricks that have worked in your marriage to help you reconnect. I would love to read those stories. Um, if you feel disconnected in your marriage and you want to know how you can show up differently, please reach out to me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. And let's talk about that and see if life coaching could be right for you because that is what I do. I help people show up differently so that their relationships are forced to shift. You can't change and have your relationships remain the same. Um, and so I think it's, it's a really special, it's special and I'm really honored to do this work. So I would love to help you if you want it. Okay. Thanks you guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, listening to us, watching us putting up with us yeah if you guys have topics that you want to hear us talk about please also feel free to always write in about that we would love feedback on what is interesting to you what problems you're facing or what you just want to hear us say yeah well talk about (laughs) thank you guys for being here with us and uh, we look forward to the next one talk to you then Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.